Hosea 4, 6, it says, my people, so he's not talking about the world out there. My people are destroyed for what? <clears throat> that big, mean, bully, the devil running around devouring and hurting people. That's what's destroying them. Now, the devil's not mentioned here, is he? Don't misunderstand me. He's involved in, in withholding knowledge from people, but he didn't say that. He said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, lack of knowledge. So I want to get into this a little bit. We've been talking about in Kansas City, just some foundational things about knowing God. Yes. And uh, so there's more, to, there's more to knowing God than just getting knowledge. Uh, but yet, right on the other hand, that's part of knowing God. You, yeah. you, you start having knowledge. When you got to know your spouse, if you're married now, you got, you, you got knowledge of them. Hey, hey, don't do that. They don't like that, right? right. So <clears throat> all the married people said, uh-huh, I know about that. So, but uh, get knowledge. And you'd be surprised. In fact, I don't think the church world as a whole quite has an understanding of this, but you'd be surprised how much the Bible emphasizes getting knowledge. Now, it does also say, you know, that uh, knowledge uh, without love is, is a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. We know that. But it's not preaching against getting knowledge. Right? We're going to just jump into this, right? Real, I mean, the quicker we jump in, the quicker we can get, get, it, get it out. <laughs> so, but um, there's a lot of times people kind of see verses like, you know, it's 1 Corinthians 13 talks about, uh, you know, though I have all knowledge and don't have love, I'm nothing. And, and they'll say, well, you know, love's more important than knowledge. And it really is. But yet he's not saying knowledge is not important because you read the rest of the scriptures and he says this is huge. Like this verse, without knowledge, the devil's going to take advantage of you. Remember 2 Corinthians chapter 2? Uh, they, uh, he talks about, lest Satan should get the advantage of us, for we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. If you don't know what God's will is, and the devil comes along, and he tries to put something on you, and you think it might be God trying to put something on you, you're not going to resist God. Not that it is God, but you think it's God. Right? So, you got to have knowledge, because once you have knowledge, you go, I know who this is. I know where this is coming from. And you can stand up and resist it and say, no, this is not God's plan for my life. So we're going to get into this a little bit um, because uh, this, this knowledge, if you go over to Second uh, Corinthians chapter number 3, let's look at a couple of verses here to kind of jump on. We'll, we'll use, you ever dove into the swimming pool and you stood on the diving board and jumped up and down a couple of times? We're going to get on a few scriptures, jump up and down a few times, and then we're going to dive in. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 18, he said, but we all with open face, that, if you look at the context, unveiled face, Moses put a veil over his face because of the glory, and he's saying, we're not looking uh, with a veil on our face, we are with open or unveiled face, beholding as, look at this, in a mirror, it says glass, or that means mirror, if you got a newer translation, it'll say mirror, the glory of the Lord are changed into what? The same what? The same image from what? Glory to glory. We're changed into the same. So when you look into, now, now if you go to James chapter number, hold your finger here, go over to James, James chapter number one, but then really it's over in chapter two. Real quickly, we're going to not dilly-dally here, but uh, really it's just, it, let's just go to James chapter one. James one verse number, mm, 
Let's go, let's go to verse number 22. Be ye doers of the word, and hearers, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. But if any be a hearer of the word, not a doer, he's like a man beholding his, fast, his, his natural face in a glass. Okay, there he's bringing up this glass again. We know it's talking about a mirror. Beholding his, his natural face in a mirror, he beholds himself, goes his way, and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. So he's talking about being a, a, a person who... Um, uh, gets the, well, if you look at verse 21, gets the word engrafted yeah. a, into their uh, minds and saves their soul. Yeah. Gets their minds, we call it the renewing of the mind. Yeah. So he's talking about looking into the word of God. Yeah. He talks about the word there. Yeah. And, and then he calls it a mirror. Yeah. So if you use that, tr- that principle and you go back to 2 Corinthians 3.18, looking, we all beholding as in a mirror, beholding as in the word of God. The word of God is the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Beholding us in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Yes, amen. When you look in the mirror, who do you see? You see yourself, right? But here he's saying when you look into the mirror of the word, you don't see yourself in the flesh. You see yourself in Christ. Yes, amen. In other words, you see yourself glorified. Somebody say glorified. I'm not glorified yet, am I? Yeah, read Romans 8. The Bible says you're glorified. Whom he justified, he also glorified. You're full of the glory of God. You're in the image of God. You're created in righteousness and true holiness. You're seated with Jesus in heavenly places. You're far above all principality and power. That's not your glory. That's the glory of God. That's why he said, you beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory. You look in the mirror, you see you, but you're seeing you in the glory. You're seeing you glorified. You're seeing you resurrected. Just like the resurrected Christ was glorified, you have been resurrected and glorified. Now, I don't mean your body's not going to be glorified. And one day your body, if Jesus comes, I mean, some of us might, he might tear in, some of us, you know, not, not go in the rapture, but we'll go in death. But right on the other hand, if, we, if we're here when Jesus comes, I think we will be. So this, this can't be very long now. Amen. Some of my pastor friends and I have been discussing this. It's somewhere between now and 2029. One of them said 1930, or excuse me, 2034. And I said, well, when you get to heaven, come on by and see us because we'll, we'll already be there. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not setting days. But you know what I'm talking about. We're just saying it's real close. Yes, yes sir. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> but <laughs> that was a fun discussion. Really, it was. We had to walk in love with one another, but it was, it was a fun discussion. <clears throat> but not, the point is, what was the point? If we're going to go, when Jesus comes, our bodies will be glorified. <clears throat> we, you and I could be holding a conversation and we hear, but da 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 and, and all of a sudden, you light up and I light up and we go, whoa, whoo, there we go. That's the glorification of our bodies changed in a moment. But that already happened in our spirits. We have been glorified. Woo, you look at your new creation, man, and he's a glorious being. He's a glorious creation. Well, that's a whole subject we won't get into. But when you look in the mirror, that's what you see. Now, I want you to go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Look at this further. We all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, that's, that's on us, are changed into the same image. Oh, wait a minute. The same what? Image. The same image. So this, the Word gives you the knowledge of God. He's talking about looking in the Word. It gives you the knowledge of God. It gives the knowledge of Jesus. 
It gives the knowledge of the Holy Spirit. It gives the knowledge of the new creation. It gives the knowledge of, of, of it actually gives you the knowledge of your, your fellow brother and sister in Christ. Bible, the Bible said, no, no man after the flesh. It includes ourselves, but our brother and sister in Christ, we're to know them after the Spirit, after, after God, after that new creation. Some people, you've got to look past a lot of stuff to see the new creation, but it's there. Right? Don't look at anybody beside you. Just, just know. It's just, you know, who, you know who's in your mind. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and don't look behind you. They're not, beha- they're not back there. <laughs> they're all on the back row. No, I'm just kidding. They're just... No, th- but, but that new man, we're to know each other in Christ. We might see the flesh of people, but we look past what we see and we know them in Christ. There's a difference between what you see and what you know. He didn't say see no man in, uh, in the flesh. He said know no man after the flesh. You might see the flesh, but you got to know them after the spirit. And boy, I'll tell you, husbands and wives. I mean, the people, you, the people you live the closest to in the flesh, you'll have to spend, you have to use the most faith on this. Because you got to look past them. Woo, woo, my, my, my. Anyway, so, but we all with unveiled face beholding as in the glass, the mirror, the glory of the Lord are changed into the what? The same what? I want you to see that word image. When you look in the word of God, you get the knowledge of God. You get the knowledge of who you are in Christ and so forth and so on. But notice this verse said that knowledge has an image in it. Look down there again. It has an image in it. Yeah, yeah. This mirror has an image in it, but you're looking into the Word of God. So the Word of God has an image in it. The Word of God gives you the knowledge of God. It has an image in it. So your knowledge of yourself, your knowledge of God, your knowledge of others in the body of Christ, so forth and so on, needs to be in the image that God has of them, not in the image your natural mind has of them. Your natural mind uh, will, will think certain ways about certain people. Let me say something that the Lord said to me recently. He said, did you know that you can get, the Lord was dealing with me about this. Because, well, I'll say it and then I'll explain. Did you know, he said, you have to stay in the love walk in your mind and in your thought life just like you have to in your words and your actions. Yeah. In other words, you can sit and think wrong thoughts about people, such as, I don't like them. I think they're, I think they're arrogant. I think they're, you know. You know what I'm talking about? And you're not walking in love in your thought life. You, you can get in trouble. You can get in trouble just because you had the thought. You can get out of love just because you had the thought. So the Lord's been having me, and I don't know about you, but I know there's certain people that I've discovered the devil really doesn't like because he keeps bringing thoughts, keeps bringing thoughts, keeps bringing thoughts. Amen. Don't tell me who it is for you, and I won't tell you who it is for me. But, 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 but there are people that the devil just really tries to, you know, they're, they're, just, they're just, they're this, they're that, they're, 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 they, they have this motive, they got that motive, they blah, 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 blah. He just doesn't like them. And he's, you need to identify where it is that he keeps bringing those. Who's, which relationships those thoughts keeps coming to you about. And really emphasize not letting that relationship get separated. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Yeah. 
Because why is he working so hard in our thought life about that? So anyway, that's all free. But you got, the Lord was dealing with me about that. It's not okay to sit around like this afternoon. I was getting ready and some things. And uh, this one dear pastor friend, I mean, he's a, good, he's a good brother. Actually here in the state of Iowa. And uh, just these crazy thoughts coming against him. I said, you know, I'm busy. I'm not thinking much about it. Just these stupid thoughts. I thought, and then I caught myself. I said, oh, you don't like him, do you? That means I'm going to pray for him. That means I'm going to find out how I can be a blessing to him. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. And he's bringing these thoughts, judgment, judgmental thoughts about things I have no idea about. I don't even know him in that area. It's like you pulling up beside somebody at the stoplight and there's this big expensive vehicle and you can become critical of them. I don't know how I got on this tonight, but you're like, well, man, you could have fed a lot of poor people with that. You don't even know them. And they might have fed 10,000 more poor people than you ever have. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Come on. And that might be the fifth car they have like that because they gave four of them away. You know what I'm saying? You got to walk in love in your thought life. Get a hold of your thought life. Anyway. Maybe if I stay behind the pulpit, I'll, I'll be nice tonight. <laughs> so I poke your neighbor and say, pastor's back. <laughs> and so, but, but the knowledge, God, the knowledge you have of God, the knowledge you have of people, the knowledge you have of yourself, and the knowledge you have of the devil, it needs to be in the image that God has of them. Well, not, why the devil? Because you need to see him as defeated under your feet. Not see him as, boy, look around, look into the news, look at what the devil's doing. He's defeated. It's just deception, that's all it is. He's a a loser, he's lost. Jesus spoiled him. He's not that big bad, he's not that big and bad. Anyway, so you need to have the knowledge in the image of God. Tell your neighbor, knowledge has an image in it. So get knowledge in the image of how God sees people, sees you, sees how God really is. Because how many of you know the knowledge that, that God gives you of himself in his word, of Jesus in his word, the Holy Spirit, of other bro- brothers and sisters, of you, all these. Uh, that knowledge is the, is the reality. Yes. This is reality. That's what truth means. If you, thy word is truth, the word truth means reality. And let me say something, most Christians don't fight the good fight of faith in this area. They will accept wrong knowledge. Now, listen, here's why, because a lot of times you can't, you can't resist wrong knowledge without right knowledge. And that's why the devil can deceive people because they don't have the knowledge of the truth. And he said that my people are destroyed because they don't have the right knowledge. Satan takes advantage of ignorance. So can you see where we're going with this? So so we've got to make this as big of a deal as God makes it. Let's look at some verses that kind of help us see how big it is to God. Like Hosea 4, 6 is one. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That's no small deal. That's no, I mean, I, I got to have the knowledge of God or else I'm going to be defeated or destroyed. Let's think about this one. Um, Romans 12, excuse me, Romans 10, verse number two. I bear them record, talking about the Jews, that they have a zeal for God, a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Notice that verse is telling us that to be, ze- it's good to be zealous, 
But he's telling us that knowledge is more important than zeal. You can be zealous and go and but going in the wrong direction. You can be zealous, but be zealous for a lie. Paul was zealous for a lie and he was killing Christians. But he got his string straightened out on the road to Damascus. Right? So zeal is good. I'm not preaching against zeal, but at least get some knowledge about what to be zealous about, right? And so you can be zealous in the wrong direction. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 34, awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. So he's saying, get the knowledge of righteousness. Knowledge of righteousness. And we preach on that sometimes, and Pastor Nancy preaches on that. It's a wonderful knowledge that will set you free from condemnation. Does the devil ever beat you up with condemnation? Well, stop him. Don't let him do that. But you can't do that without the knowledge of righteousness. You got to have the, you got to have the weapons that'll, remember the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're mighty through God. You got to have something to answer that with. It's not enough to have the knowledge. You got to answer it, but you understand, got to get the knowledge. Okay, so that's another verse. Think about 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Casting down imaginations. What is an imagination? It's something that is imagined, but it's not reality. Casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalts itself against what? The knowledge of God. There are, there are things that the enemy makes people imagine, but it's not true according to the knowledge of God's word. I mean, just one, 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 one uh, and that's kind of in the natural realm that so many people understand is, um, is um, evolution. People spit out their false teeth over that. But it's a lie. It's a lie. I have one simple question for every, what do you call these people? Evolutionists? What do you call them? Um, I have one simple question. Okay, if we went from the goo to the zoo to you. Goo, zoo, you. Where did the spirit of man come from? Uh, 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 that's the, you can't answer that without God. You got to acknowledge God. Well, they'll say we're not a spirit, but the Bible says we are. And I could prove that just, just by what's the word. Uh, I could prove it by apologetics or what's the, I'm thinking, I, mean, I could prove it by uh, rational argument that man is a spirit. I don't have time to tonight, but I could. <laughs> we are spirit beings. We're not like animals. We're different than animals. And there's evidence of that. And you can see it very clearly when you look at the difference between animals and humans. So where'd that spirit man come from? Uh, see, they don't want to acknowledge the spirit of man. So we did not evolve. We were created. Created in the image. Anyway, that's, but see, but, but, but knowledge can be and is in the earth, knowledge can be corrupted. Yeah. Knowledge can be distorted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me give you some verses on that. We're not even finished with the verses that I was going through. Let me, well, let's, let's finish these verses we were going through. Ephesians 1.17, that thanks be uh, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge, knowledge of him, him. him. 
That's the, that's the prayer we pray in Ephesians 1 for people. And I've seen the, the results of this work amazingly. Pray in that prayer. Philippians 1.19. I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. 1 John 4.16. We have known and believed the love that God hath toward us. Yeah. Philippians 3.8 and 10. If you're writing down. Philippians 3, 8 and 10. I know it's just a little teachy here tonight, but let's, let's just look at it. Philippians 3, verses 8 and 10. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Verse 10, that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Notice Paul said, I was willing. He had a, he had a, he had a, a, a reputation in the Jewish religion. He had status in the Jewish religion. He had all these things. He was the crumb de la crumb. He's the it of the it. He's everything all these people wanted to be. He's a Jew. He's a Pharisee. He's a, you know, of the, the right tribe. He's of the right, he, he parts his hair on the right side. He, he, he wears the the right kind of clothes. He, he's, he's it. Yeah. Come on. Until he met Jesus on the road to Damascus yeah. and he, he wanted to know him so bad that he was willing to sacrifice all that status, all that, everything that he had. And see, that's where Christians get messed up today. They want to, they want the world to love them, but it costs them knowing Jesus. You got to decide what's more important to you. The Amplified says the supreme advantage, the great privilege, and the high honor or something like that of knowing him. People don't want to know him because they don't know the advantage that'll give them. If you knew the advantage, you would be like, I got to know him. I got to know him. I got to get my mind renewed. I got to think right. I got to, because the advantage of that is, is just absolutely amazing. Number one, you won't be destroyed, Hosea 4, 6. I don't know about you. I'm enjoying this tonight. My, my desire is to know him. What is so valuable that you're willing to put all your identity, all your status in the society and culture you live in on the altar to, to have it? What is it? What? He said, knowing Jesus. No, not just getting born again. He already was born again. He said, I want to know him. I want to know him. Amen. I want to know him. Amen. Oh, my, 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 my. There must be something in this that we haven't seen yet. I said there must be something in this that we haven't seen yet. To put all that on the altar. It's the, in other words, this is the pearl of great price. This. This, Jesus said, is eternal life. John 17, verse. This is it. Knowing him, knowing, knowing the word of God, knowing the one behind the word of God. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. People say, well, you go down to their church all the time. I want to know him. I want to know him. Amen. So there's so much here. I don't want to, we don't have time to get into it all. But um, <clears throat> when when you look into the word, you'll know Jesus because it reveals the person. And you'll also know on the heels of that, he'll show you you. Jesus said to Peter, who do, who do men say that I am? So forth. They, they said some John the Baptist, so forth. Who do you say that I am? 
Who do men say that I am? So they say this and that. Who do you say? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Blessed art thou, Simon, by Jonah, flesh and blood hasn't revealed unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And then he said, upon this rock, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'm going to build my church. He, as soon as he got a revelation of who Jesus was, on the heels of that was a revelation of he, who he was, his purpose in life, what he was going to do in life, the path he was to take. Philippi, I mean, Ephesians 2.10 where it talks about living the good life, yeah. taking that path. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to know him. Yeah. Not just know about him like you know about George Washington. Somebody said, I've read all about George Washington, but that doesn't mean you know him. It's very likely that the paintings aren't even accurate, you know. <laughs> he might walk in here and you say, who's that? We've got a visitor tonight. <clears throat> All right. Words paint pictures. Say that to me back. Words paint pictures. I could describe something more and more and use more and more words and eventually you can, you have an image of it on the inside. I could say dog and you can say, okay, I think I know a little bit about what a dog looks like. But see, there's all different sized dogs, right? All different weights, all different colors, all different kinds of ears, all different kinds of tails, all different kinds of feet, all different. So, so generally you have, a, but if I start saying more words, if I say, you know, 25 pounds and I say spotted black and white and I say a, a long tail, you might start thinking, uh, one of those, one of those, uh, hunting dogs, Dalmatian or something like that, Right. Right? And the more words I use, the more you can see it. And that's what God put in his word. He kept, he kept taking his paintbrush and, and, and writing about you. And the more you look at that, the more you can see yourself. People say, I don't know who I am. Well, read the book. Every manufacturer has a manual that tells you all about it. Right? Well, God is the manufacturer of the new creation. And he said, Here, here's my book. Here's all about this new creation. He's seated with Jesus in heavenly places. Oh, well, there goes all my victim mentality then. See, people have a victim mentality, don't know who they are in Christ. They have, they have a distorted knowledge with a distorted image in it that shows them themselves in their own distorted imagination. And as long as they're seeing themselves wrong, they'll live wrong and have the wrong results. Oh, this is good preaching tonight. I'm talking about my helper. I'm not bragging on me. I'm talking about my helper. Praise the Lord. So get the image of yourself God has painted in his word and renew your mind to that. Amen. Praise God. Isn't that good? And then take captive, remember 2 Corinthians, we read casting down imaginations, imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every what? Thought. So then once you get the knowledge of God, meditate in it until it stays with you longer than when you're reading it. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Because, because you can meditate on it, get all excited about it, and go away and forget. Yeah. Remember James said that. Forget what manner of man you are. You need to get it burnt so into your inner consciousness that it stays with you longer than when you're reading it. 
See yourself as in authority, not a victim of this attack against your body. See yourself seated far above the curse, redeemed from the curse of the law. See yourself as worthy. See yourself as the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. And, and see yourself longer than just while you're reading it or meditating on it in your prayer time in the morning. Because it can get so engrafted in. Remember they said back there in James 1, engrafted word. It can get so engrafted in that it stays with you wherever you go. You're no longer, victor- you're no longer just victorious in your prayer closet. You're victorious when the devil goes boo. <laughs> you're still victorious. That's the image you still have because you, you've got it so into you and it doesn't get into you by just uh, playing with the word. Amen. Amen. So, so get this in you until it stays with you longer than when, you, when you're reading it. But then learn to take that new knowledge that you got from the word and then take captive or arrest every thought that it disagrees with that knowledge of God's word. Because you'll have other thoughts come to you and try to tell you lies against that, that reality. Am I making any sense? And your job is to take that captive. Now, some of these imaginations, and the Bible talks here about strongholds. Those are wrong images that get built into the, the, the mentalities of people. You know, just because it seems real to you doesn't make it reality. I'm going to say that more and more as I keep on preaching because that's, that's such a big deal. Uh, you can be, uh, you can be uh, totally convinced of a certain truth, you think it's true, but it not be true from the Word of God. How can you get, how that, does that uh, false image get exposed? By meditating in the Word of God. Yes. That's the mirror. Yes. You got to look into that mirror. Yes. Amen. Yes. So, are you still with me tonight? So, uh, when, those, when those false images or wrong thoughts that have the wrong image in them come back, take them captive. Yes. Cast them down. Isn't that what he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 4 and 5? Cast them down. Arrest them. Amen. Amen. Be like the policeman. You're under arrest. Amen. Right? You're trespassing on a mind being renovated by the Word of God. I take you captive. Put it in handcuffs. Answer that thought. And you can answer thoughts, answer imaginations, answer feelings. For everybody else's sake, answer your feelings. Well, that didn't go over quite like I wanted it to, but that... I just don't feel it. Well, neither do we. Shut up. I'm not trying to be mean saying shut up. I don't want to train your children wrong, so I'm so sorry for saying that. But neither do we. Be quiet. We're not, we're not, we're not talking about feelings. You know how often I feel like coming to church? Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Well, what do you do? I do what is right. I don't, I don't do what I feel. I do what I, what I know I need. And then I get what I need. And I'm always like, why didn't I feel like coming? It's because this flesh is fickle. Your feelings are up and down and in and out. 
I don't feel like marrying this person. I don't feel like being, staying married to this person. If you went by your feelings, you're going to be the most unstable person. Right? So for all those around you's sake, don't walk by your feelings. Cast down feelings, cast down emotions. Can I tell you some things that distort the true image of God? Can I go through a list of a few things? Would that be all right? Some things that distort the true image, the true knowledge of God. Um, so, uh, let's, let's, oh, where is that? I got it here somewhere. I know emotions is one of them. Let me just give some of them by memory until I can find this. You ever, you ever gotten worked up emotionally and had all kinds of thoughts? And then when you cooled off, you're like, why was I thinking all that? Emotions will distort reality. <laughs> okay, let's go to the next one, Pastor. <laughs> you can really think, you can get so worked up, uh, you know, in a, in a, we'll call it a discussion with people. That you're just convinced they're the most evil person I've ever met. <laughs> and they're really not. It's just you're all worked up emotionally. Exactly. And it's, it's an opportunity for the devil to get in there. Yes. And he starts distorting your image of them. And after you calm down, you're like, they're not that bad. <laughs> Actually, they've been a great blessing. Why was I all upset at them? Okay, now let's go on from that one before we get crucified. Um, sense knowledge will tell you things that aren't true. Sense knowledge will tell you things that aren't true. Feelings of the flesh will tell you things that aren't true. <clears throat> Isaiah 1.18, reasonings of the mind apart from God will tell you things that aren't true. You can reason that because this and this, then this must be so. But it won't, might not be so at all. We could give you examples, but you, you know all the stuff that's going on out there. Um, religious traditions push false knowledge. That's Matthew 15, verse number 6. Matthew 15, verse number 6. He talks about the traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. Religious traditions are really one of the worst ones in this area. They distort, they distort the real image of God. They, people don't see who God really is because of traditions, of, of religion, teach, teachings and ideas and doctrines and so forth and so on. Amen. Jesus said it makes the word of none effect. Amen. Well, anyway, so how about we go to another one? This one's, this one's uh, we already talked about this one. Emotions distort reality and cause imaginations to rule over reality. Um, experiences down here in this world where Satan is allowed to rule and dominate can distort the true image of God, can distort the true knowledge of God. You can have an experience and just be convinced God was in a galaxy far, far away. When I went through that, and he's, he's not close, he's not my father, he's not, he's not caring, he doesn't care about my life. You can be, but it doesn't mean that was reality. 
You know what I'm talking about? You got to guard against experiences. We were preaching on that a couple weeks ago down in Kansas City. We could, we could spend more time on all of these, but let's talk about this one. Condemnation is really a form of false knowledge that will distort the true knowledge of God. This one is real strong. It'll make you feel like quitting, giving up. It'll just make you feel like you're, you're, you're never appreciated. It'll make you feel like you're never loved. It'll make you feel like God doesn't love you. It makes you feel like, you know, condemnation. It's a form of false knowledge. It comes through thoughts that are brought to you by the enemy. He's the accuser of the brethren, right? And condemnation, and then these thoughts that come through condemnation, they produce feelings, don't they? You just feel, you just feel like, like, like uh, somebody said, you'll feel lower than a snake's belly in a wagon rut. That's good country talk for city folks. <laughs> Amen. You just don't feel like you're, you're worthy or acceptable or that, that you're, you can ever have anything good in life or the blessings of God or... That's, that's a real distortion of reality. Fear is also one. It'll make people run from nothing. Proverbs 8, 28, 1 says that. It talks about people that, uh, 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 he talks about they run when no man pursueth. Fear makes people run when no man pursueth. That, so <laughs> they really think something's bad, something bad. Boogeyman's bad, he's going to come get, get me. So they're running from something, there's nothing. It's one of the biggest that's one of the biggest reasons people never do well in, in, in investing in finances. Because they're, they're buying whenever they should be selling and selling when they should be buying. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. But when there's blood in the streets, usually it's a good time to buy. Financially. Well, you're getting a little help here tonight. Anyway, you've got to be led by the Holy Ghost. You understand? But how about this one? False knowledge. Go, go over to 2 Peter chapter 2, 20, chapter 2 verse number 20. We, I'm not hardly getting very far in my notes, but we're making progress in what God wanted tonight. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse number 20. This is a big one. I would love to spend more time here. Running out of time, but here, let's spend a little time. First, first uh, uh, excuse me, 2 Peter 2, verse number 20. If after that they have escaped the pollutions of the world... Through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse uh, with them than the beginning. That, that might, you might look at that verse and go, I, I have no idea what he's talking about. But think about it. <clears throat> this, notice, um, after they have escaped the pollutions of this world. Oh, was he talking about the smog that, like we see in L.A. or San Francisco? Or was he talking? Well, they didn't have it back then. Right? Maybe your neighbor's burning his garbage and you had a little pollution, but it wasn't. That's not what he's talking about. The pollution. You've escaped the pollutions of this world. Notice that's plural, by the way. I used to always read it singular, but the Lord, Lord pointed out it's plural. Pollutions of this world. After you've escaped the pollutions, let, well, read the rest of it, and then you can get a little idea what this pollution is. You've escaped the pollutions of this world. How do you escape it? Through the knowledge. Through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. The knowledge of God, you might call it. 
the God in Christ, what God did in Christ, the redemption in Christ, God did this in Christ, the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You escape this pollution through knowledge. Okay, so that tells you what this pollution is. It's wrong knowledge. You're wrong, the influence of wrong thinking. So you escape the wrong, you escape the pollution through the right knowledge. So the pollution was the wrong knowledge. Are you getting that? So you can read about this when you read other verses. Think of Ephesians 5 talks about, uh, you know, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. You might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, as well as spiritual weakness in high places. These are evil forces, the princes of the power of the air. Pollution is in the air. Usually, I mean, it can get in other places. but So pollution in the air are the demon forces, but it's more than just the demon forces. It's the, the knowledge that they push. Let's rephrase it. The lies that they push. See, he's talking about false knowledge. Lies that are not reality. You getting this tonight? Well, the thing about pollution is whenever you're in a place that's polluted, let's say you're in a, re- they don't have rest, usually the restaurants don't allow smoking anymore, but you remember the old days, anybody that's 30 years old or older probably does. The old days you go into a restaurant and there's a smoking section over there, but usually it didn't stay over there. It came over here, right? And you went out of there smelling like smoke. That's what pollution is like. You get in it and it tries to get on you. It might not be in you, but it tries to get on you. You might not have been smoking, but it tries to get on you. Right? You start, yeah. And that's what just being, being in this world as a believer will do. The, the thinking that, that the forces of darkness that bind those who are yet in spiritual darkness and blind their minds and blind their eyes, those thoughts, those, uh, that, that way of thinking, that knowledge tries to get into believers. It's spiritual pollution. And you need to be regularly washed from that pollution, and God gave you something to do it. It's the Word of God. Wash regularly from that pollution. There's all sorts of wrong thinking out there now. And it's spread through the internet now at a rate that's never been spread before. You got to guard what your attention is on. You got to guard it. You, you just can't afford to just, well, okay, well, maybe. Uh, could be, I don't know. No, you do know. You do know. You do know that's a lie. You can't, you can't just play games with it. You have, to, you have to be clear thinking. That's what the world doesn't want. It doesn't want clear thinking. Have you noticed? Can I, can I just explain something to you? Have you noticed some people in politics, they like people in politics, some, some political groups, they like people in politics whose mind doesn't work right? Why? Because they can control them. The devil can use them. When you're clear thinking and you have a pragmatic way of thinking, just just clear-minded way of thinking, so many things are just foolish. They're, they're just, they don't make any sense. The world doesn't like clear thinking. They want, they, want a rel- they want relativity and, you know, we just don't know what's true. We don't know if this is true or not. We do too. We do too. Yeah, it's still common sense. Common. I know you're in that uncommon group over there, but we still common, common, common. Held by everybody, it's easy to understand. This is this is not, this is not, 
<laughs> you are crazy. <laughs> In love. Praise the Lord. Are you getting anything out of this? Now, you got to understand, uh, now I'll wrap this up. Ephesians cha chapter number 5 talks about these forces of darkness. <clears throat> Principalities, powers, starting at the bottom of the rank, going to the higher ranks. Principalities, powers. Then he said, rulers of the darkness of this world. That's the one I want to key in on before we go here. I'm talking about what distorts knowledge. Yes. What distorts the true knowledge of God. It's this, it's this pollution. And it's, it's not necessarily that we've got to, see, this is where Christians have missed it. In, in, and then they're sincere. I don't, I don't want uh, to attack sincerity, but sincerely wrong. They want to go up and pull down these strongholds. Let's pray and let's go up and pull down these strongholds. Honey, these things will be there when you, when you they were there when you were born. They're going to be there your whole life. And they're going to be there whenever you die. If, if, if Jesus doesn't come and the millennial reign and so forth. I'm talking after the millennial reign, there'll not be, but I mean, in the millennial reign, they have a right to be there. Adam gave them that right. Now it's, it's been commonly said until Adam's lease runs out and people have trouble with that. Well, we don't, the Bible doesn't talk about Adam's lease and so on. Okay. Okay, let's just think a little bit. Yes, Remember when Jesus was casting out devils, he said, I mean, the devils was said, are you come to torment us before the time? The time. They know there's a time they're not going to have the rule anymore. That's what we're talking about when we talk about Adam's lease running out. There's a time they won't have, they won't be in the prince of the power of the earth. They won't be all around us. They're going to be in a bottomless pit. Yeah. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to have to deal with all these things. Honey, they're here, you're here. Put your big boy pants on. Go ahead and stand up against them. They're under your feet. They're defeated foes. Amen. But don't think you got to just, you know, the spiritual warfare is not between the forces of darkness and the forces of God. They're between, it's between truth and lies. That's where the battle is. The battle, Satan's, Satan's activity is against revelation knowledge. He's always trying to keep people from getting it. That's where he resists people. He tries to keep people from getting it. He tries to, remember 2 Corinthians 4, 4, blind the minds. That's it, the mind, the mind, the mind. Say that, that's, that's it, the mind, the mind, the mind. That's where he's after. This pollution in the, that he's talking about in 2 Peter 2.20, that pollution tries to get in people's thought life. And the devil will take as much ground as he can, even in believers. Now, you have authority over him. You don't have to give him any place. But don't just say, I resist you, and then take his thoughts. No, you got to recognize his strategies and his devices and say, I resist you, but then say, I'm not taking your thought. I'm answering your thought. Right? So, um, that's that pollution. And Second Corinthians, uh, excuse me, Ephesians chapter number 5 talks about principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness. Look at that third term, that third level. Rulers of the darkness of this world. They are just exactly that. They rule over the, I don't know why I'm on this, but I, I just, God's been talking to me about this. They rule, that just like it says, they rule over those who are in darkness. Now, not, it's, it's, okay, it's past sunset, so it's dark. No, it's not what he's talking about. Spiritual darkness. Spiritual darkness. 
Those who have their minds blinded. That's what he says in 2 Corinthians 4.4. Spiritual darkness is those who have their minds blinded. Okay. If that's who he's able to rule over, then guess who he can't rule over? Those who are enlightened with the knowledge. Go to 2 Corinthians 4. I mean, excuse me, 2 Corinthians, yeah, chapter 4, and you'll get the whole thing. My sermon is right there in 2 Corinthians 4. (laughs) They are enlightened with the knowledge. Remember, the light shines in darkness, and the darkness can't comprehend where the light's shining. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. That's why I'm not messed up in my head tonight. That's why you're not messed up. Some of us used to be messed up. We tore up from the floor up. We was a mess. <laughs> Squirrely. Moved by all sorts of thoughts and, and imaginations. I was talking about us, so I'm not making fun of anybody else. We're talking about, I'm including me and us. Right? But I'm not that way anymore. Why? Because I'm getting the light of the knowledge. I'm getting the light of the knowledge. 2 Corinthians 3 talks about, you know, we read verse 18, but then you go into chapter number 4 where he talks about uh, this ministry that we have. We've renounced the hidden things of darkness or dishonesty, excuse me, not walking in craftiness and so forth. Verse 3, if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light... Light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God. See, that, there's that word image again. This gospel has an image. And Jesus is the perfect image of God. Image that should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servant for Jesus' sake. Look at this. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. He's not talking about the sunshine. Hath shined in our hearts to give the light. Of the knowledge. knowledge. That's what the light is. Knowledge. Not the knowledge of science. Not the knowledge of mathematics. The knowledge. Light of the knowledge. Amen. Of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's what this light is. It's the knowledge of God and his glory. One translation says um, that we might, he shined in our hearts. I'd I'd have to look up the translation name because I I don't have it in front of me tonight. But he shined in our hearts to give the light, to to reveal, one translation says to bring out into the light the knowledge of the glory like he revealed it through the features of Jesus Christ. Talking about Jesus' body. He wants to reveal the the knowledge of the reality and the truth of God's word through us like he did through Jesus. That's why he shined in here so that we could shine it out there. So when we lay our hands on somebody and say, be healed in the name of Jesus. Like I did recently with somebody. I'm talking about outside of the church what I'm talking about. Um, when they get healed, they're like, whoa. Uh All of a sudden, boom, their eyes come open. (laughs) There's something to this. I was just told that's just old religion. But now all of a sudden, the light. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
and their eyes pop open, they go, and they get a thought they hadn't had. What is that? That veil taken off. Did you get anything out of the word tonight? Praise the Lord. Stand with me to your feet. I could go on, but praise God. I want to say this, though, as you stand. 2 Corinthians 5, Paul talks about in verse number 16. He said, though we have known Christ, he said, no, no man after the flesh. But he goes on to say something we don't think about sometimes. Though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. In other words, he's saying, before I met him on the road to Damascus, I knew him after the flesh. And then that knowing him after the flesh, I thought he was just a deceiver, just another guy that led a religion, you know. You know what I'm talking about? And so... I want you to know, see that you can have, or you can know people, think of this very carefully, you can know people, or particularly Jesus here, one way and then another. Or you think you know them, put it that way. You think you know them, and then find out that's not who they are at all. Because Paul said, I knew him one way. And then I knew him another way. Did Jesus change? Before Paul met him on the road to Damascus, he's a deceiver. He's a false cult leader. He's a this, this, this. He's just, a, he's just drawing attention to himself. Blah, 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 blah. And then when, right before he met him on the road to Damascus, Jesus changed. No, Jesus didn't change. The, the blinders on Paul's eyes came off. That's the only thing that changed. Jesus was the same before. He he introduced himself to Paul in a rather uh, fun way. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He's the same way before as he was after. Jesus didn't change. Paul changed. What Paul could see changed. Are you still out there? What changed was the deception that Paul was under. Amen. And Jesus, who Jesus really was, uh, got revealed to Paul's eyes. Isn't that right? No sane person would go off into eternity and, and say, Ooh, we're going to have a party in hell. That's called blindness. First of all, you just, one, part of hell is solitude. That's part of it. Solitude. Not partying with your friends. Solitude. While those demons tear you apart. Laughing in your face, mocking you. No sane person goes off into eternity thinking they're going to have fun in hell. Their minds are blinded. That's why we pray, Father, the eyes of their understanding be enlightened. Because they can have, God can do it different ways. But like Saul, all of a sudden, jerk that, jerk that off of there. And they're like, ah, Jesus. I mean, it wasn't three seconds Paul's calling him Lord. Who are you, Lord? <laughs> That's good preaching right there. Praise God. That same thing needs to happen today, even in believers' lives. Believers sometimes think he's this, think he's that, but he's not because they don't have the knowledge of God. That's what we're getting here at Spirit of Faith Family Church, the true knowledge of God. The true knowledge. Not what religion says, not what some preacher says, what, God's actually, what God actually says. Amen. We're told to meditate in the Word until we, the, the knowledge of God's Word comes alive to us. 
got to give that word opportunity to, to be revealed to you. Amen. If you've been struggling in an area, ask God for revelation in that area. It's not a matter of, the, you know, whatever, the job won't give you a raise or something like that. It's a, it's a matter of <clears throat> darkness. Amen. If you're struggling against condemnation, it's not a matter of sin. It's a matter of, it's a matter of darkness. Amen. That tells us where to focus on. The devil wants us to beat the air on something else. You know, that meanie old devil. I'm taking authority over the devil. He's hindering my finances. Well, he already did that. And he's already bound. He's already laying there going. But your eyes don't see. So go to working on the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. <laughs> Woo, glory be to God. Don't beat the air. Go to where, go to where the, the, the real battle really is. It's between truth and lies, truth and lies, truth and lies, truth and lies. Truth and lies. Amen. Well, did you get anything out of that? I'm going to go home. To, if you don't want it, give it back. Put it up here in the pulpit. I'm going to collect it all when I go home. I'm going to say, I'm going to go home and feed on this. Because this is, this is, this is, this is to me rich right now. <clears throat> the Lord dealt with me <laughs> concerning some steps we've taken financially. Well, it's really not financially. It's, just, it's doing what God's called us to do in the ministry. But it requires finances. He dealt with me. Don't let the image of how it's been in the past keep you thinking that's the way it's going to be in the future. And come Sunday morning, don't miss Sunday morning, because it is no longer like it has been in the past. Some things have changed. Hallelujah. You've got to guard what you see. Guard, and, and what that will do is guard your expectation. If you're seeing the same old, same old, you're not expecting anything different than the same old, same old. That's why some people are not joyful. They, they don't expect anything different. It's going to be the same. It's going to be the same. No, it's not. Well, your expectation will keep it the same. But if you see something different, you can have something different because you can expect something different. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. So, tell your neighbor as you go. Tell him, tell him I'll, I'm going to keep on renewing my mind. I'm going to guard my imaginations. And I'm expecting to have some different things in my life. Hallelujah. It just came to me that when we walk in revelation light, we have opportunities that we didn't have before. Yeah, you see, you see the opportunities, yeah. We have tremendous opportunities before us, and as we walk in them, then we get more light. Amen. So, step, I'm just interpreting what she said. Take a step of faith towards the Word of God. And then take another step of faith towards the Word of God. And take another step and you'll rise higher and higher and higher. And as you rise higher, you'll see further and further and further. And you'll see the glory of God. And the plan of God for you will be clearly seen and you'll rejoice in it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha, ha. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> higher and higher. I've shared this before. Um, I'm not bound by it, but I do enjoy hunting. And there's different methods you can, you can, you can find places to ambush. I mean, if you're going to hunt something, go to where they're going to be. Right? They're going to be over there, but I'm hunting over here. No, I'll go over there. But, but there's certain travel patterns that the white-tailed deer, this is what I'm talking about mostly, they, they have certain travel corridors or habits or patterns, the ways they like, to, they like to conceal themselves so they might not come out in the open. They'll go through a pinch point. or There are different ways. I won't get into all that. But... Sometimes you can't see all those unless you get a topo map and you look, look, look at the, look, get, up, get up higher and, and get a satellite image of a topo map. Topo maps tells you the elevation and where, where, how the ground lays and everything. And you can, you, if you know what you're looking for, if you have a little bit of knowledge, tell your neighbor knowledge, you can, know, you can look at a topo map and say, right there is a place I want to go into the woods and stand and look around because right there would be a good place to stand and hunt. Why? Because you know how their travel patterns are and everything. And, and so when you, remember the Bible says, uh, mount up with wings as eagles. They that wait upon the Lord. When you do that, you get, you get a view of opportunities. You see things you couldn't see down, down here. You couldn't, you ever heard the term, can't see the forest for the trees? That's the way it is in a lot of things. You can't see very clearly, but you can, be, you can come up higher. Yes. Yes. You can come up higher. And you can see things you couldn't see before. Yes. Opportunities. Yes. Opportunities. They were there the whole time, but you couldn't see them. That's what the Holy Ghost just said. Yes. Hallelujah. I got to tell you something else. When I was, this was uh, Monday morning. I woke up Monday morning. And uh, I believe this applies to what was just said by the Holy Ghost. I wasn't going to say it till Sunday morning, but we're here. <laughs> but he w- I woke up Sunday morning, I mean uh, Monday morning, because so- I got to the other side of a season. I'm in and, town, in, t- in and out of town, in and out of town. So a lot, I'm going to be able to stay in more now. And um, he said, I want you to pray in tongues at least one hour for 30 days. I said, aha, I know what that's going to do. That's going to give me, I'm going to see, I'm going to see opportunities. I'm going to see the plan. Amen. I have a sense there's some things he wants me to pray about concerning the nation and so forth and so on. If you want to join me, join me in, join me in on this. I'm not, it's not a legal thing. He told me what to do. But if you want to join me, somebody said, I can't do that. Well, sure you can. You don't have to, but if you want to join me in this, let's see some opportunities in the next 30 days. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Mount up with wings as eagles. And we can say, aha. Not only can you see what the enemy was planning and stop it, but you can see God's plan and opportunities for what he has for you and take advantage of it. Praise the Lord. You didn't get all this. Go back and listen to it. There was, this was just by the Holy Ghost preaching tonight. Praise God. Lift your hands. Father, we thank you for your word. We walk in the light of it. We're not just hearers. We're doers of it. Father, we thank you for the great, great, great advance. The great, great advancements. The great advancements and momentum that we'll see. 
as we, do, as we walk in the light of this. In Jesus' name. Father, thank you. Things are becoming easier because we're walking in more light. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Remember somebody asked Pastor Nancy, what was, what's been the hardest thing in your life? And they expected her to say whenever Dr. Dufresne went to heaven, she said, that wasn't. Because it was back there when I didn't have the knowledge of how Satan worked and was, you know, how he was afflicting me and so forth. That was the hardest point in my life. So it's getting easier. Tell your neighbor, be encouraged. It gets easier from here on out. Amen. Amen.